Hello and welcome to my confined episode 2. Today we will be interviewing my auntie Louisa who is currently a nail tech in training. She currently rents a space in somebody's salon and is really at the start of a journey that has actually begun 20 years ago. So we'll talk to her today and hopefully we'll learn a lot about the beauty industry. Hello Louisa, thank you very much for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. No, thank you very much. I, I've had a lot of positive feedback about this podcast and about this venture and you know it's been it's been really pleasant to have these conversations and listen to people so I really appreciate people making the opportunity to come on and have a chat with me. Um, my first question has to be where are you on the ladder that is the beauty industry? Um, how do you go through tests and just tell us about the process really of becoming a nail tech and anything you have to go through. Okay, so way, way back in the day when I first left school, I did my initial training um, up to MVQ level three, which in those days um, was one whole course. And once I did all of beauty therapy, including massage, waxing, electrolysis, um, nails, everything, bar hairdressing, really. Um, But, you know, life goes on. I did lots of different things in between. I've been out of the industry for a long time. So deciding to come back in, I decided it was better to actually just retrain in the bits that I really enjoyed. And nails has always been my my first love, so to speak. Um, so I decided to just refresh my training in nails. Um, there's loads of ways of getting into the industry like that, um, especially at the moment through the pandemic. Loads of people have um, gone on to online courses. So you don't even have to be close to a local educator because it's just all online. You do have to be careful how you're entering the industry because you need to be part of an accredited course because if you don't get your accreditation properly, you can't get insurance and insurance is vital. Um, So, yeah, you can just um, hop on a course. There's loads of educators. It depends on on what you want to do and what you want to specialise in, really. So I went with a, a local training company that are based in Clandidno. Um, did lots of research on um, like uh, who's got good reviews, who, prices. Obviously, it's it's costly, um, and again, the accreditation was really important. And then asked a few of my friends that are still in the industry, asked them who they would recommend, um, and I ended up going with uh, North Wales Nail and Beauty Training in Llandudno, and they've been absolutely brilliant so far. I'm sure they will continue to be so. Um, so yeah, so I'm very, very nearly qualified. Um, I'm literally waiting for them to come back off their annual leave so that I can actually just do my last base for my qualification. Um, so I'm just getting as much practice in as I can and um, yeah, starting to build mm-hmm. my little business. And things change over time, don't they? Were the qualifications that you needed this time around different, say, 10 years ago? Yes and no. I mean, my qualification from... Oh gosh, it must be like nearly 20 years because that makes me so old. Um, that actually still stands. So I could have practiced now. I could have just set up a business and carried on. Really? But I really wanted to do it well and I want to do it properly. And knowing the industry, I know how fast things change. Like even just trends and fashions have changed hugely. But also the products that we're using now are chemically just a million times better than they were and practice techniques and all kinds of stuff has just changed phenomenally I, like everything I knew is it gives me a good background 
but I'm just learning so, so much. And the industry itself has really changed. I've noticed that a lot. It's way more supportive and encouraging these days. If you go on to like, um, I'm on a few Facebook groups and stuff. People are super, super supportive and encouraging and they're so willing to help and share their knowledge. And it's been, it's been a really amazing process. Oh, that, that's brilliant to hear. I always like to hear about a supportive workplace because you do hear horror stories. What's the end goal of this venture then? Is the end goal to start getting involved in electrolysis and all of these other practices? No, I want to concentrate completely on nails. Um, Even within nails, there is just a whole load of different avenues you can go down. It sounds like a really niche um, aspect of the industry and it's actually really not. There's still lots to do and get involved in. I guess the end goal ideally is... um, Okay, so my first my first goal is I want a salon or be part of a salon that is really accessible to everybody. I think generally the image of the beauty industry is quite um, oh, mostly a negative one. People think they have to be a certain person or look like a certain type of person to be able to access that. And I want to break down those barriers. I want it to be accessible for everybody. Um, and that includes things like um, gender, sexuality and mental health issues. I want like one of my goals is to set it up so that people with anxiety can deal with everything online beforehand. So they can tell me their shape that they want, their colour style, their preference. We can discuss prices and everything so that when they actually enter the salon, all they have to do is sit. And if they want to talk, they can. And if they don't, they don't have to. Everything has been dealt with. I just want to remove those barriers. And once I've achieved that, (laughs) eventually I'd like to become an educator myself. I'd like to um, train other people to provide this kind of service, a service, a more more general, broader service that isn't the kind of glitz and glam that people tend to think goes along with the beauty industry. There's, There's so, so much out there that we kind of barely have touched in this corner of the world. Yeah, as someone with anxiety, I I can definitely appreciate that because it's a massive struggle just even going to get my hair done. And you know, and I I never told my hairdressers before about it. And I've only recently started doing it at the the new salon I go to. And I've had such a nice um, response to it. And they've been really positive and, you know, making kind of concessions for me. Yeah, that's really good. There's little things that can be done, like um, posting pictures on Facebook pages of what the salon looks like it is massive because for somebody with anxiety just even knowing what they're walking into or or familiarity is huge and just just breaking down those barriers because we all need our haircut you know (laughs) and if we want our nails done for a special occasion or just because we want our nails done like struggles that we're having I don't think they should be a barrier if they're they're easily overcome and as an industry I think there's so much we can do to help people to access it really easily and and smaller things um like shapes and styles it's all quite individual to people so we can just make that normal and make it accessible and put it out there that all these differences are normal then hopefully people will see that and go, oh, well, yeah, okay, that's normal. I'm like that and that's normal to them. So we'll go there and just just make it so that it's a good, positive experience instead of a, a stressful one. And have you been enjoying this venture so far? You're currently renting a space in a hairdresser's. How have you found that? I am, yes. Yeah, so I rent um, a table within um, a fairly new uh, hair salon. The guy that uh, runs it, Tom Glynn, 
he has been a hairdresser for about 13 years, but he's decided to actually go on his own and get his own shop. Um, so that's really exciting. It's nice to be part of that kind of initial wave of excitement. Um, it's great for me because it takes, there's no stress or strain. I just pay my rent, I turn up and he does all the hard work of actually owning the business. <clears throat> Although my business is, is my own, but all the kind of renting and the rates and stuff is just not in my hands. It's a handy um, and then I can come and go as I please. I can have as many people there as I want to. And it's just a nice little, and a really nice little environment. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Like I do work um, on a Friday at the moment. I'm just on a Friday because I'm still training. Quite a long day. But I come out of it tired, but just beaming because I'm I'm just really, really happy. I've had such a satisfying day that, I, you know, I love it. I really love it. And a satisfying sleep afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> nice glass of wine <laughs> and a sleep. <laughs> and I've I've heard that people in the beauty industry work ridiculous hours. I mean, twelve hours is probably about the average. Um, and I I wondered, you know, what made you go for this career? It's been a rough eighteen months for everybody, but I know you've been through a lot as well. So, have you found that it's been a parent or has it been an encouragement in pursuing this interest and how has it affected your mental health has it been quite a positive change yeah so during the pandemic it, it just really opened my eyes that um having the ch- working around the children for for anybody is incredibly difficult um and at the start of the pandemic I was on my own <clears throat> so I was I was luckily I was at home anyway um so the kids being at home was okay um and it was really hard it was really stressful because um as much as I love my children we were all confined in in a space and trying to maintain the kind of positivity of the household and keep their mental health needs met was difficult and it got me thinking about you know those mental health needs don't ever change or, or differ it's just that the circumstances change um so I was like, well, how am I going to continue to facilitate this to be a happy, healthy home um, and, and work in a positive environment? Um, so lockdown gave me the opportunity to really think about uh, what I wanted to do. And I'd always kind of come back to nails, but I kept thinking, of the, oh, the work hours are shocking. How am I going to do that? I just can't with it, with the children. I've got a small child as well. So it's just not possible. It's not school hours. And I kept thinking, I'm going to have to work in a school. And I really don't actually generally like children. So don't want to be in a school. Yeah, you have four of your own. I, I love my children. I love the ch- pe- children's people, people's children that I know. But a whole class of children know it's my worst nightmare. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so, but I felt really trapped. I felt like I had to because it's the only kind of business that is it easy to manage with children on your own um because you get all the school holidays off but I kept just thinking I can't do it I just can't I can't do that I would be miserable I know I would um and then it suddenly I just suddenly had this revelation with so if I go into nails I am self-employed I am my own boss I make my own hours and therefore I make it work for my family that's the whole point of being your own boss is that you make it work for your family and it was just like this little light bulb moment. And 
I thought, okay, yeah, I don't have to do late nights. I don't have to do weekends. And yeah, there are sacrifices in any business when you make those decisions. But for me, this was a job that I love and that I thoroughly enjoy doing, but needed to work for my family. Um, And I've always been creative, but struggled to like, I don't know, really kind of find my niche within all the creative kind of industries done a million crafts and never really settled to anything um but nails is just so creative and I sit for hours just thinking and dreaming about sets I can do and colors I can put together and it so it gives me that outlet as well and and that's earning me an income so like that's like the ultimate goal really isn't it something that fulfills that creative need boosts your mental health because you feel so good doing it it facilitates my family life and it pays the bills takes all the boxes yeah and you've achieved something that I'm yet to achieve you found your niche and this is something that I'm still struggling with in my my painting and my digital art do you have any advice for me on how I can find my niche and you know what where I'm supposed to be in the industry try everything just try everything it's hard because um crafts especially painting and stuff costs money um so that's always difficult you kind of thinking oh I've got this huge outlay I've got to really enjoy it so um do it you know on a budget but try everything once if you get the opportunity to try it just try it and if something sounds like it's not really worth doing do it anyway if you feel drawn to it because you don't know what's going to come of that of that one little thing um so many doors open in really strange ways in life um and I think when you try something that you just fancy or you just have a thought oh I might just try this you know it just sometimes it leads you down this rabbit warren that's just a really good place to be so yeah just try it all if something tickles your fancy go for it and and push yourself have have faith in your ability to to just try you don't have to succeed nothing has to be um, perfect or good or even average um, because there's so much to learn even in the process of trying that so you don't have to achieve anything at the end of it if so if you haven't achieved anything you've still achieved something because you've learned so don't feel like you have to complete something or don't feel like it has to be great because that puts a lot of pressure on ourselves and then we don't try because we know we're going to fail um, so in that way, we set ourselves mm-hmm. up to fail. So just just give it a go. Just always give it a go. Magic can be found in the mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the time, all the time. And how have your previous roles linked into this creative side? You know, whether it's paid or voluntary work, how have they fed into this new career path for you? Um. So my last job was working for um before I started all this venture was working for a local charity um and I worked a lot with um a particular community center and the food bank and um did a lot of liaising with local councillors and um and a very hands-on role of sort of creating rotors and planning and uh calendars and all that kind of stuff um so I think that gave me a really good grounding on the business side of things of kind of going, okay, well, yeah, you're loving doing your nails and it's, it's great that you get this creative outlook, but it has to be run sensibly. 
at the end of the day, it is a business and has to be treated as such. Otherwise, it's not profitable, and that's just crazy. Um, so I think that's given me a really good kind of a business head in a way. Not that I'm any kind of business head kind of person. I'm really not. That's just not my forte at all. But it's given me the opportunity to think about it sensibly. Um, and because, you know, pricing and stuff, it, it's really important in any business. And particularly in the nail industry, that side of the beauty, um, People tend to just go, oh, well, so-and-so down the road's charging £25. Oh, I must undercut her, I'll be £20. And they haven't given one thought about what it's costing them or paying themselves a wage or any of their overheads or anything like that. And I think that's really important to be able to actually have a functioning business. So having all that, that background for my last job has really helped. But also... I love people. I just I thrive off being with with all kinds of people. And um, where I was in the charity sector gave me access to all kinds of different people from all kinds of walks of life. And I I just really love that. So the nail industry has also brought me that too. And that just reminds me of that of how much I love that. How much I love just not knowing who's going to be there really. Um what they're going to be talking about and just just learning from people you learn something new all the time and just engaging with people and meeting them where they're at and just just having a nice little chat can actually mean a lot to somebody some days and um, so I, yeah I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. And you've been involved in a lot of community projects you're also involved with the I61 church as well so how long did that go on for? Uh, no, you're asking. Um, so I was involved all in all for about five or six years. Um, got more involved as time went on. I ended up in charge of um, kind of putting on all the community projects that we put on. We did um, quite large fun days and things like that. Um, um, we did we did lots of stuff, but mostly my favourite part about that was engaging with people and meeting a need. We were talking last episode with Lee about how important it is to build up contacts in the business. So how have you found that so far in your beauty career and have your community projects fed into that? Have you been able to link in with those contacts and bring it all together into your venture so far? I have actually it's been um like like you said before about people being really supportive that it's just so encouraging I found that um people from from before remember me um and they know me I'm a familiar face and they and that is encouraging for them because they're like oh yeah yeah we know we know Louisa um and they've really helped to spread the word which has been huge it's been massive for um just getting customers in and and just letting people know where I am and, and who I am. Um, I think word of mouth is is a big deal in the industry because you can put, you know, any Facebook advert or TikTok or whatever you want out there. But until somebody hears from their friend, oh yeah, she's great, then it just means it means a lot more. And also again, there's this kind of attitude, there's this misperception that people within the beauty industry are rather snobby. So for somebody else to give a recommendation that 
I am friendly and I'm approachable, that means that means a lot to the to the clients, to the customers. Um and also people who were kind of part of my previous life, so to speak, um, have been kind of coming back and getting in touch and going, Oh yeah, I'd love you to do my nails. And it's been really nice just having that time to catch up with people as well. It's been ace. I really enjoyed that. And you are based in Colwyn Bay. Where else can we find you on social media or anywhere on the internet? So I've got um, Instagram, which is um, Audacious Nails um, by Louisa. And um, I've got a Facebook page, again, Audacious Nails by Louisa. I've not ventured onto TikTok yet. I think I'm probably a little bit old, but, um, well, my kids tell me I'm too old. Um, and yeah, I'm in Colwyn Bay. I'm based at Tom Glynn Salon, which is... Um, opposite Stermat for the locals they will know where Stermat is um but yeah reach out to me on socials I'd love to chat if you've got if anybody's got any questions that they just want to know about um procedures and and stuff how good stuff goes on even if you don't want to come to me I'm quite happy to talk you through what would happen if you went to a salon in anywhere you are I can give you a rough idea um I just think it's really important to um to reach out to people like I love that about Instagram especially we learn so much from each other just by asking questions and sharing information and I think that goes a long way to build bridges um, across communities and across industries and I'm more than happy to answer any questions anybody has if they have any. Instagram's my favourite platform to be honest I find it much easier to be able to communicate with people and obviously with us doing a visual art as well yeah much easier to post that way yeah and it I just find it a more friendly place I know there's still you know hideous trolls out there doing horrible things but generally I find it a much more supportive community I've got so many friends on Instagram that I I've never met I have never met and then I've got friends I've made on Instagram that I have gone on to meet but I just find it yeah I just find it a really encouraging platform when I first said okay this is what I'm doing because I'd set up my Instagram account but I hadn't linked it to my profile I hadn't like asked anybody to like it I'd literally kept it quiet and my plan was that I would slowly build up a few decent pictures and then I might ask a few people to like it and I was really nervous about it because it was putting a little bit of me out there it was putting myself out there and then I did my niece's nails your cousin's nails and um she went straight on insta because she's only 17 that's what they do isn't it and she put it on her insta story and tagged me on it in my on like my work profile and I was like no 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 I didn't want people to know yet hang on (laughs) and it kind of went a bit crazy people started liking it but I'm so glad she just gave me that push and just did it because I don't know when I would have finally said for myself, okay, I'm going to do it. And people were just amazing, like friends that follow me on my personal account and people that follow me on personal account that I've never met. They were all just brilliant. They were like, oh, I'm so glad you're doing it. This looks amazing. And they all like it and they all comment. And it's just, it's just a really great, great opportunity to interact with people in that way and I've met loads of um, other nail techs that are training like me and then others that are way down on the journey and they're amazing and it kind of just gives you that boost that yeah you're going to get better and you're going to start producing nails like this and yeah it's a really really great community. Well I'm hoping that this podcast venture does go a bit further and 
I was thinking that for a season two, we could do kind of a reunion. So I could come to the shop, get yeah. my nails done, and we could film that and just go from there. That's such a good idea. I love that. I love that. And I've never had my nails done before. Yeah, you should You should come and have your nails done. I found a lot of people have said they've never had their nails done. Never. And then they come and, and they love it. They love it. My my daughter's girlfriend was saying that she never has had her nails done. Um, and she was like, because as a lesbian, I want them really short and I don't want them too girly. And um, I was like, but that, that's totally fine. Like, you can have whatever your preference is. You don't have to come in and have pink glittery sparkles just because you're in a nail salon. You can have whatever suits you it's about your personality and about reflecting that and, and what you want to put out there to the world so yeah she's booked in with me so I'm really excited to be getting her nails done and I just I love showing people a new side of it and how they can make it their own because it's not just what other people have done it's color at the end of the day and it's it's art so you can literally make it completely personal to each person and I think I just I just love that I just think it's really special well, thank you very much, Lewis. I really appreciate it. And thank you for educating me on the nail industry. Like I say, I've, I've never had my nails done before. So there's plenty I don't know. This is completely new territory for me. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me, Lucy. It was great fun. And thank you for listening. This was the second episode of Mind Confined. Tune in next week, Thursdays, 7pm GMT for episode three.